What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Jet Stream. I believe this is season six now of the Jet Stream, Gotham Sports Network's very own Jets podcast. My name is Jesse Finver. No Connor this week. I have a very special guest. Week one of training camp is pretty much in the books, and we have the newest. Are, are you the newest Jets beat reporter, or, or are, you, are you joined by anybody else that's new? I'm the. I'm the second uh, newest. There is someone that joined after me named Joey. Her name is Joey Chandler. Yeah, so I'm the. I was the uh, the newest. She, All right. Uh, is not the newest. Yep. All right. Well, that's the voice of DJ Bianime. Uh He works for the New York Daily News, uh, covering the New York Jets. Welcome, first of all. Welcome to the Jets beat. Welcome to the show. Uh, it is really good to have you on. Thank you for having me on, man. You know, I mean, we were to have the show yesterday, but. I mean, you know, better late than never. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and it just, you know, it leaves a little bit more room for more things to happen. You know, you know, there's something new happens every day at Jets camp. So uh, I want to start with this. All right. I know you're a Dolphins fan, mm -hmm. but what was your outside perception of the Jets before you got to the Daily News? Because I'm looking forward to hearing this answer. Uh, so my best friend, he's a Jets fan. Um, so all we ever did was trash talk, uh, trash talk each other, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, my outside perception was, you know, um, that was the team that, um, I always wanted us to be like, that was the team I wanted us to always be, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. that, that's just how the rivalry goes. Um, and I always felt like we should beat them. Um, and then I didn't always feel the outside. I never felt that about the Patriots. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we feel the same way. Um, with the Bills somewhat too. <laughs> The Bills, I felt like we, you know, we should beat them here and there, but I was okay with splitting. But Jets, I always wanted to win. They always wanted to win that game because uh -huh. I just didn't want to hear John, uh, Johnny's mouth. John, <laughs> see, like, people on Twitter, they trash talk me. Some trash talk me and call me stupid, whatever. Sometimes some like me, whatever. Nothing they say can ever get under my skin like the way Johnny can get under my skin. Johnny <laughs> knows those specific buttons. That's because you're, you're boy. That's why. No, no, but he, he doesn't. He he knows I get under anybody's skin. That's just how he is. He just knows. He can know you for five minutes and know what buttons to push. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, I just so I always want him to win, so I don't have to worry about him. You just gotta send him Ted. Um, you, gotta, you, gotta, you just gotta send him Ted Ginn clips, man. Nothing. It's just over. <laughs> I know. So when Reeves retired, uh, not Reeves, but Ted Ginn retired, I wanted to. Post those clips of him scoring touchdowns. Those touchdowns on that Monday night game mm -hmm. where Ronnie Brown, you know, won the game, uh, goal line, Wildcat, and all nine. But I, I realized that I just I wasn't prepared to deal with what was going to come, so I left that alone. But yeah, man, my perception was like, um, like when I really started getting into football, like two, like I started really watching like oh five, oh six, oh seven. Then like oh eight, you know, Dolphins make the playoffs and then they miss. But oh nine, oh ten, when I'm really starting to grasp football, that's when y'all were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, man, they about to run the division. They about to be Patriots and they about to run the division. Obviously, it it ain't come to fruition. But I always um knew that they were gonna be a thorn thorn dolphin side for the most part. So I mean, obviously now, like this is the first time I actually got off the rails with Adam Gates. Like that's what. It really got. Oh, well, off the don't worry, we'll we'll get into that. Don't worry. Because <laughs> <laughs> even with Todd Bowles, like I mean, obviously the last few, the last year, what last few years were rough, but like got off ten and six. You know what I'm saying? 
And obviously yeah. that's Ryan, you're you're always competitive for the most part. Obviously, you know that one that the last last year they weren't, but for the most part they were always competitive. So like I never really had like I didn't really understand like the whole narrative thing. I'm only like twenty six. So I wasn't really like understanding like the only team that I knew really got like shit on all the time was the Browns. Everybody else I, yeah. I never really understood like their their narrative, you know what I'm saying? Like now being a just be understanding like the narratives that do come with the Jets and things of that nature. Um mm-hmm. so now, you know. So basically like my my perception was never really poisoned. <laughs> it was just more like I'm trying I, I want to beat these guys. So yeah. I want to hear Johnny Mouth for the most part. <laughs> All right, cuz I was going to ask, you know, how is since you started, how has your perception changed? So because uh, it wasn't necessarily negative from what I've gathered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't negative like that. Obviously, like from a competitive standpoint, yeah. I wanted the Dolphins over them, but like now it's just more like it seems like they're really trending in the right direction. Because like I, you know, the best way to build the the, the infrastructure for the most part is you get the GM, get the coach, and they both agree on who the quarterback is gonna be. Um, and obviously, yeah, Joe Douglas, he hired his coach. Those two came together. They had, they got their quarterback, and it just seemed like Sala is a legit leader of men, mm-hmm. and every just everything like from everything the players have said, they really gravitate towards him, and like, he coaches them like men and not like boys, and they, I think they really appreciate that also. Um, we'll still see about the X's and O's aspects when it comes to you know being a head coach and things of that nature, um, but you know, time will tell with that. Um, but right now, man, the, the perception is changing in the right direction, in my opinion. I, I found that soundbite that he had the other day interesting. After the whole Joe Judge, you know, making them, the Giants, run laps and everything and push-ups and whatnot. And then, I don't know who asked the question at the press conference, but he kind of just talked about how um, they're grown men. And, you know, there's you can talk to them. You don't need to discipline them in that in that sense. So I thought that was an interesting uh Interesting take. We'll get to Sala in a little bit, though. Um, so let's get right into personnel, because I think that's the most important part to talk about when it comes to offseason and training camp. The Jets have made a lot of free agent additions this offseason um, in key positions. Who's impressed you the most so far in week one? Uh, this well, It's been about a week and a half in the training camp. Uh, who's been in the most impressive free agent addition, in your opinion? Uh, Goku Lawson. <laughs> He's been uh, Carl Lawson. Uh, he watched a lot of anime. He says uh, he's a <laughs> anime character. I can tell you, 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 you didn't, you didn't catch on at first. So I had to no, no. I, I listen. Yeah. I, I saw your, I saw your, uh, your tweet today with the, um, the Ty Johnson, uh, the mask he's wearing, the Goku <laughs> mask, the ultra. Uh, yeah, dude, I, yeah. I love anime, so I, I'm, I'm all up on that. All right, make it. I'll just, just make it straight. Just make it straight. But yeah, uh, Carl. I'm 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 gonna ask him one day if I can call it like make his middle name Goku, but man, he's <laughs> been like a problem so far, man. He's been doing his thing like each day, like he's getting to the quarterback consistently. He he's mm. I mean it's been a good battle between him and Makai. Like you know Makai wins some, Carl wins some, but when Carl wins his, it's like instant. Like he's he's in Zach's face like immediately. Remember there was one play and it was yesterday, comes off the edge. And by the time he's there, he has both of his hands up, just just sitting there. You know what I'm saying? Just 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 waiting. And his eye rolls out, he throws the ball. Uh, I think he might hit Corey or somebody. But yeah, man, Carl Lawson for sure has been disruptive to say the least. Um, obviously, I want to see him um, against the other left tackles and things of that nature because it's it's a really it's a 
really awkward battle from a size perspective because Makai is six seven three sixty. Carl Austin's like six two, like maybe two fifty. Mm-hmm. So like most edge rushers aren't built like Carl Lawson. So I think that that aspect is giving Makai some trouble, but he's adjusting. What do you mean by that? Uh, yeah, most, most edge rushers aren't built like Carl. Yeah, so 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 like Roberts uh, said throughout the week, they didn't check off most of and and Jeff Uber. That he doesn't check off like the soccer. Most of them, you know, you want to be like six four, six five, two eighty. Carl was like six <clears> two, <throat> like six two, like two fifty maybe. But like, so he's able to get really low. And since Makai is six seven, he's got that. He's got that bend. Yeah. Right, so yeah, Carl has that great bend, and he's extremely explosive off the line. So that's how he's able to rip past um, Makai sometimes with ease. But for the most part, it's been a really good battle um, between those two. Um, like a really good battle. I think that's probably been the best training camp battle between those uh, like the position group. Um, you know, like one on one matchups have been mm-hmm. uh, been between those two. Um, yeah, you know, last year I remember. Else? I remember last year. The, what Makai, I wouldn't say he struggled, but I think he was much more prominent run blocker than he was a pass blocker, and he's still yeah. getting his he's still getting his bearings with that, and it's it's all there. It's just you know he's young and he's got to figure that out. But I think that getting those reps against Carl, every not just you, I've seen beat writer, all the beat writers are really saying that this is exactly what Makai needs. This is, he needs to get these reps yeah, against yeah. an elite pass rusher like that. Agreed. Agreed. Totally agreed. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm still monitoring it just to make sure that it doesn't become like a consistent thing. Cause you know, if it's happening in training camp, you don't want that to linger into the season. Right. Yeah. So obviously you still want to monitor it, but right now, as you said, a couple of days ago, he's getting his losses out of the way. So, um, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how he develops from a pass protection standpoint. But, um, overall Carl Lawson has been the guy that stood out the most, um, I think number two is probably Corey. Corey's been more consistent. Like obviously, Elijah gives you all the dynamic plays, but Corey's been like consistent, the same of more consistent and reliable in the sense of out route. Zach can go to him with consistency. Diggs can go to him with consistency. Slants can go to him with consistency. Big plays. He can go to Elijah deep down the field, one on one down the field. You know, sometimes we know he hit him on an out route. He may hit him on a hedge, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Corey, so Corey's been like the second most impressive free agent um, out of like that entire class. Who's underwhelmed from that group? Hmm. I don't, I don't think anybody's actually. Yeah, I was gonna say there doesn't need to be an answer to that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's underwhelmed because uh, you know they they got they got uh, Jared Davis, they got Tyler Croft, they got Joiner. They got Keenan Cole. They got Dan uh, Rankins too. Dan. They got Rankins. Yeah. So like, I don't. I won't say any any of them actually under have underperformed. Um, like most of them, for the most part. Oh yeah, actually most of them outside of Dan. Like most of my starters. So if if you get that, then that's not underperforming. You know what I'm saying? Except like mm-hmm. Keenan Cole was a starter, and now more more is like for the most part is taking that spot. Um, Keenan Cole had him off as long as he could. <laughs> but, you know, it's just only so much you could do, you know what I'm saying? We're we're getting um, to Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, for the most part, the, the class has been solid. Obviously, you got to see it in games and see, you know, 
how things come together because I know Jared's a starter, Jared Davis is a starter, Dave, Corey Davis is a starter, Keenan was a starter, Tyler Croft is gonna is gonna be a starter or play a lot at a tight end spot. Hmm. Uh, Marcus Joyner is a starter, so that's uh, good. Tim, oh, he's starting. Yeah, is he Tim starting Coleman at safety? Rotation. Yeah, he's starting at safety. The the nickel spots between uh, Gidry and Michael Carter the second, so MC two. So how's how's Carter look? Because I know Gidry was kind of shaky last year. Um, I mean they they're both been they both been been fine. Like they both been doing their job. They're they both. Um, obviously neither one have made like impact plays but they're doing their job and they're not allowing big plays that's good because i know we, we we decided against bringing brack pool so um <laughs> why do you laugh <laughs> yeah no it was funny that he said that y'all decided against bringing him back like, well i mean maybe he just didn't want to come yeah, back i don't do. know <laughs> um yeah. but yeah all right so obviously elijah moore we're gonna get to him in a minute he's been the early star out of all the rookies honestly the star of, of camp so far uh, out of all the other rookies, out of out of the other rookies, who else has been impressing you so far? Um, Michael Carter. Well, Michael Carter, MC One has Brandon Eccles. I see it done. Uh, I think I think Brandon Eccles has probably had the best uh, out of all the rookie cornerbacks between him done. Jason Pinnock, uh, he's probably been he's probably had the most impressive out of those three. But I mean, they've all made a play here and there. Like Jason Pinnock caught a pick, he was on his butt but caught a pick. Isaiah Dunn's got to be was able to run with the ones. Um, Michael Carter, he's I, so I think most impressed out of I've had Elijah Moore. I think I would go with um, Michael Carter because each each day he does something that makes you open your eyes. At his run, or today where he catches it in route, uh, catches it. Um, I think it's from the slot. They motion him out to the slot, or maybe from outside. He catches it underneath, and he splits the he splits the linebackers. He splits the safety in untouched. Um, Who does he remind so you of? Because he's five, he's like five eight two two hundred. Is he like a yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire type? Yeah, I think he's more like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire type. Um, I wouldn't go. As far as say Darren Sproles, I think he provides a little bit more in the run game. But yeah, I think uh, Clyde is, is is the most accurate type uh, when you want to describe. Like he's he's not overly big. Like when we saw him in person yesterday for the first time, and he's not overly big. Obviously, he's, he has good size, but he's not overly big. Obviously, five mm-hmm. eight. So um, that's who he reminds me of most. So um, yeah, I think I think outside Elijah Moore, he's impressed me a lot. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker. I wanted to see him in like in game action, and obviously he's missed the last two practices with a pec injury, um, which they don't expect to be too serious. But that's good. That's good. Um, it, it's kind of hard for me to because there's so much going on at practice. It's hard for me to like evaluate everything yeah. at once. You know, it, what I'm saying? different yeah, position so. groups, different fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 All right. Let's get to Elijah. Um, I covered Elijah at Ole Miss. So I'm familiar okay. with him. Uh, he's uh, so I was about five feet away from him when he lifted his leg like a dog and decided to pee uh, as a celebration for scoring nice. a touchdown in the Egg Bowl. And uh, I, I was in Vegas when he did that. I was in <laughs> Vegas at a at a sports book. I didn't bet. My homeboy Ollie 
bet, uh, I think you bet Mississippi State. And then, you know, so, and there's people near that bet Mississippi State, people that bet, bet Ole Miss. So when he did that, I mean, so for, when, you know, obviously they scored, like, on, you know, last play, mm-hmm. half the room is cheering, oh, let's go, whoa, rounds of applause. <laughs> obviously he does his thing, and then, dude, the, you know, the kick is pushed back, he missed, all you hear is, what? And then all the time, let's go. So I, And I you know, say, and so, like, immediately, um, as soon as he does that, I'm, I'll turn to my, my colleagues, and I'm like, Oh, that's that's 15 yards right there. <laughs> like our mouths just dropped open. We could because that's like that is they were both bad. Both teams were bad. And this was like mm-hmm. and miss. I think one of them was playing with a chance to get to a bowl game. Yeah. We we couldn't believe that he did that. And I know that he did it because mm-hmm. DK did it the year before. But that wasn't a blowout. And DK did it because Odell did it. Right. He did that. And we immediately knew. I mean. Once you do that, the kicker's not making that that 39 yards. That's a, <laughs> a college kicker. There's just no way with the with the cowbells going and everything. There was just no way. So he does that. You know, I, obviously, um, that was a boneheaded play. But what's impressed me is that you know he's kind of owned that since then, and he's he's grown from it, and he like made a, a legitimate effort last year to really move past that. And he had a monster mm-hmm. season for this last year. There's a reason why he went at pick 34 to the Jets. And he's he was one of the best wide receivers. It, he had the most yards in college football last year. Today, you mentioned that the Jets needed to draft Elijah Moore. And I found that interesting. You said that you realized that you, they needed to draft Elijah Moore. You said, quote, before the draft, I thought the Jets were good at receiver. I wrote about that and even said that there was no need. Clearly, I was wrong about that. Can you explain that tweet? What did you mean by that? So, so outside of those three, uh, Jameson Crowder, Corey Davis, uh, Lionel Moore, there's a, there's a legitimate drop-off. Mm. Like, without question, there's a legitimate drop-off. I don't care what anybody says, there's a legitimate drop-off. So I remember talking to somebody that's that's a, that's a part of the Jets that's in the front office before before the draft, and we were talking about you know positions and you know just positions of need during the draft, you know just spitballing, you know just shoot shooting the shit, mm-hmm. and I'm like you know once they you know we're gonna get our quarterback, uh, then we got get some weapons. I said, I mean, y'all, y'all good at receiver. Y'all got Corey Davis. Y'all got Jameson Crowder. Y'all got Kenny Cole. Like, you should be good. There's a man. Y'all should be able to roll with that. He was, he, he, the person responds and says, yeah, but they, outside of Crowder, none of them are proving anything, especially for us. Um, I mean, obviously, Corey is a good receiver, but he, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't done nothing for us yet. So I'm like, okay. So obviously, I, but I didn't expect him to draft a receiver in the draft. I'm thinking we are good. Obviously, the draft Elijah Moore, and obviously just going through camp, you know, obviously Elijah has been like the standout. Corey's been yeah. thing too. Crowder is, is reliable, and we all know that the Jets' cornerback spot is a work in progress. To be fair, to be nice, yeah, um, <laughs> being nice. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Elijah does his thing. Corey does his thing. Crowder does his thing. Keenan sometimes, like Keenan's solid. Yeah, he's alright. Mims, Mims has Mims. That that's probably the most disappointing 
um, trans, tra- not transition, but um, that's probably the most disappointing revelation and development that's happened over the offseason. Because, like, for the most of he's running with the threes right now. Like, I know Jeff fans try to say, be patient, wait. He's running with the threes right now. And, like, Vincent Smith gets more burn with the ones than him right right now. Things can change, you know what I'm saying? Things, yeah, you know, that, that's not set, that's that's definitely concerning, though. Yeah, exactly. Like Vincent, um, try to remember. Yeah, because first it was the when they go like eleven personnel, they go Corey, Elijah, James. No, Corey, Jameson, Keenan. Let's start camp. Now with Corey, Crowder, Moore. This is time to go t- when they go like twelve with two tight ends. They go Davis, Moore. Obviously, Jones is still the slot. Then when they go second team, it's Keenan and it's Vincent Smith. Then when they go threes, now it's, you know, now you're throwing in your Jeff Smiths, you're throwing in your Denzel Mims, DJ Montgomery's, things of that nature. And, like, DJ Montgomery's made more plays. Vincent's made a little bit more plays. See, that's um, surprising because he he really did pop it a couple of times last year and showed a lot of promise, and he was – excellent in college is there something that like have you been talking to coaches what are they saying like is there a specific thing that they're pointing to as to what he needs to work on or did he gain some weight in the offseason like what is it about Mims that's just not really working for him right now so I mean OTAs he missed some time because he's dealing with food poisoning um I believe um some practices but he came back and he, he didn't really do much which was you know that was fine um, then, you know, training camp comes around. Um, obviously, you know, Nick's haven't really, like, improved drastically. Uh, and, you know, you know, we asked, like, yo, what do you think is going on? We asked Rob Asala. And he just said, you know, working some things. Um, but he's still getting his reps. He's still going, you know, rotation. Because the way they do it is the only units that are, like, synced together is the O-line and quarterback. So when the first team O-line is out there, the first, you know, the first string quarterback. Right. And then for the most part, you know, they, they rotate. But, you know, they're not that slick when it comes to rotation. Like, they start out there with Corey, if they in 12, Corey Moore. And then they go, if they go 11, Corey, Jameson, Moore. Yeah, they get a few plays yeah. and they put in. Mor- Morgan's not throwing to Corey. Keenan. Right. Right, exactly. Then, they, you know, they put in Braxton and Keenan ro- uh, rotates in. Sometimes Vincent Smith. So, like, like well, you know, like, we, I can only tell you what my eyes are telling me. You know what I'm saying? I can only tell you what, what, what they're doing. Yeah. So, Obviously, they're not going to tell us directly what's been going on, but it's interesting to see that he's been running with threes. Like, he's, like, legitimately like, running with a three because, like, Mike White's the second quarterback. And, like, recently, like, Corey had me, not Corey. Then Miz hasn't even got that much reps with, with Mike. It's more with, with James Morgan. So, you know, is it, like, is he not, like, creating separation? Is he, like, like when you're when you're watching him – what is it like? Because he was like making plays. He was making plays last year. I mean, we. I mean, he can get down the field, but you know that's not really like the the bulk of this offense. Obviously, like there will be plays where they throw it down the field, but you know it's it's timing routes, it's uh, precise precision, it's like you know slants, digs, out routes. And there's been times where he has like there's been times. I think it might have been earlier this week. I think fans were there where you know he he got in with the ones and he ran out route. Caught it from Zach Wilson. I um, saw that. The crowd yeah. cheered. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I, I, 
I don't, I mean, it's just been far few in between, you know what I'm saying? And like, you can't, if you're preaching competition, right, as Robert has, mm-hmm. you can't like just give a guy reps because he was second, he was, he was a second rounder last year, especially when they, you didn't draft that guy. Exactly. He was second rounder. And there's other people that have been outplaying him. And if you're preaching competition and players know, players see it, you know what I'm saying? So you have to keep that going. You know, so that's why I tweeted what I tweeted because basically the drop off is is noticeable, right? You go from those top three to then you got Keenan who's who's solid, very he's solid, like you know what I'm saying, like like yeah, I've watched him in Jackson too much, yeah, bro. yeah, right, right, he's a, he's a solid player, um, you know, Brad, but you know, but then if let's say let's say there's a situation and. Keenan, let's say there's no Elijah Moore, right? And let's say Corey would have gotten hurt. Jameson would have – actually, let's say Jameson got hurt because based on the track record, he has missed games, right? And right. It would have, have been Corey, maybe Keenan in the slot, and Denzel Mims. Or maybe Corey, Keenan, and then Braxton Berrios. And the defense, you don't have to, we only have to really, really worry about Davis and stopping the run for the most part. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you can you, – you got to respect Keenan. You got to respect Braxton because they're NFL players. But as a defensive coordinator, you're focusing mostly your attention on Davis. Now with Moore, you got to focus attention on Davis, Moore, and now you know then you got Keenan that can wiggle in the slot. You know, not Keenan, but Jameson that can wiggle in the slot. And then there's this one of them go down because football and injuries will happen. Now, now you have Keenan who can be your security blanket when one of them goes down versus if he was the starter, no Elijah Moore, and now you're tossing out Denzel Mims. Or Braxton Berrios, and, and and another thing, there was time this week when Braxton Berrios was getting reps on the outside before Denzel too. So wow, that just let me know where things are are heading. Obviously, still yeah, I mean Braxton can play. We got preseason. Yeah, 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 Bra- yeah, Braxton can play. So obviously, if things change, things could change based on what happens in the preseason, and um, maybe you know, Memphis can start popping, and 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 I do think a lot, some of it is mental. Because I have been, you know, being a former athlete, I understand when cause athletes aren't dumb. They can read what's going on. It's, mm-hmm. it's rare when they're oblivious. They might be, like, delusional about themselves, but they're not oblivious about what's going on around them. So mm-hmm. if I'm a receiver and I am I know I'm running with the third team, my reps, most of my reps are running with the third team, the second team, and I'm not getting that much run with the first team, and then I'm seeing Elijah go crazy, and I'm seeing Corey it's a business. Corey's getting paid ten, eleven million dollars a year, and he's supposed to be number one. And he's coming from Tennessee, and they're paying all this money. Prouder, they brought him back when they could have cut him, but they brought him back. And you know, what I'm saying he's going to be a starting slot. They got brought in Keenan for five million dollars. There's no way. There, there's only one ball, and they're not going to go five wide. You know what right. I'm saying? They're not going to go ten personnel. So, you know, then you start to press a little bit. So I think, I think most of the battle has been more in his head versus, like, on the field. I mean, more in his head than talent, right? Because he's yeah. still talented. Like, he's got I'm the not going to act like – right, I'm not going to act like Denzel Mims can't play. But I think, you know, there may be psychological warfare going on in his mind where, you know, sometimes he might be pressing, um, trying to make plays. I mean, because he has made plays, I think, like, yesterday – not today, but yesterday, you know, Jump, jump ball. He snatches the ball from Jason Pinnock. You know what I'm saying? Um, seven on seven, red mm-hmm. zone. I think, I think, I think Morgan might throw that ball, but you know what I'm saying? It's not like he hasn't made any plays. It's just that there's been people that have been better than him. 
and that is seven on seven. And, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt. And that's also seven on seven. Right, 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 right. So you know, overall, I just realized that after after more, there's a there there's a drop off, and let's just hope that that drop off we don't have to ever see that drop off for real, for real. Like I think Keenan can can hold the fort, right? But if he gets to Braxton and, and Denzel and whoever else is on the roster, then that's what things can get a little dicey. Yeah, I mean, this so, ain't the Steelers. You're not going to be getting just random guys that are going to be balling out, right? So, I mean. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you know. the Steelers can legitimately go like four, like four. Like Deon- they're not, you're not pulling out Deontay up. Johnson out of nowhere, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, is Moore the best wide receiver on the roster already? Oh, I gotta see him in the game. He's playing, he's playing outside already. Like he's not a big guy, but like he's like he's he's man. from everything I'm I'm reading, he sounds special. Like my buddy was like, is, oh, so, like so there's, they were, there's they were no, like, is this next Jerry Rice or something? Like, he was messing around, obviously, but he was like, like what's <laughs> going on here? Is this this Jets beat writers just like you know fluffing him up or? Nah, man, he he he's good. He's good. Um, granted, the Jets DBs aren't great, so like that makes it easier. However, his skill set, you know, translate against majority of NFL corners. Because let's be real, like how many NFL corners are like locked out? Like you can count them on your hand. Like that's why that's why they're worth so much because you can't find that many like locked down corners. So I mean, he'll be he'll be able to trans translate that not to like the the level he has in camp into the regular season, but. Because, like, what we've seen in camp, let's say, like, that continued. We're talking, like, I'm not trying to be, you know, hyperbole because I, I, I like to temper everything. But let's say we continue, like, with Elijah Moore we've been seeing in camp, let's say that go into the regular season, there's 17 games. There is a possibility he could be all pro if that were to continue. <laughs> That's how good he's been. That's how good he's been. You know what I'm saying? That's, you don't have to, you know, understand. That's high praise. Factor in. Yeah, not to factor that in with like who he's going against, also. Right. Because I mean, most most games, uh, the Jets like like he'll hit from here on out. Once the season starts, once the preseason games come on, he's gonna play better corners than he's facing in practice. Like mm-hmm. that's just without a, without a question. Um, but if hypothetically he were to continue what he's done there, it's a regular season. We could be talking about potential All Pro in year one. Would would it happen? I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying hypothetically. You're talking like Justin Jefferson, yeah. like you're talking like Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're we're talking we're talking Justin Jefferson. We're talking Odell. Wow. But that's what that's what we're talking. He's that big of a that's game breaker. Because like he that's what he that's, was at Ole Miss. That's what he looked like, like in practice. Wow. All right. That's what he looked right. like in practice for the most part. <laughs> that's that's high praise. All right. We've talked yeah, a lot about yeah, Elijah. Yeah. We've talked a lot about Elijah. We have talked for about a half hour, and we have not yet talked about the highest uh, profile player on the roster, and that is Zach Wilson. It has been fun, you know, following your play-by-play and seeing all the videos and whatnot, and I appreciate that. When I was covering Southern Miss and Ole Miss Mississippi State, I would do the same with the videos and the play-by-play. It's fun when you get to cover the team, right? But right, you're there. You get to watch them. Fans have been a lot of practice. We've seen some really cool. I mean, there was that one throw to Elijah Moore that probably would have been a sack from John Franklin Myers. But even so, mm-hmm. just getting to see that connection, you know, gets you a little tingly, gets you a little feeling nice yeah, as a Jets yeah. fan. You've been around as football. You for, 
you've been around football for a while. What do you see from this kid that have, should have Jets fans excited? I mean, you know, the arm talent is there. Um, it's, re- it's really there, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what's, what really stands out about him is his quick release and how his passes have velocity, uh, how he's able to fit passes into, into tight windows. Um, obviously, I mean, Madden gave him a 94 arm strength. I won't go that, <laughs> arm power. I won't go that far. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, when he's, when he's decisive, he knows where to go, knows his reads. It looks good. It's when, you know, they throw something a little bit different or his initial read isn't there. That's when things get a little shaky. But that's typical for a rookie. You know what I'm saying? He's not supposed to be on a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes level where he could just read everything and be able to improvise off of that. But when it's there, he looks, you know, he's looked good. The times where, you know, he's, he's okay is when – um. Let me see. It's when, it's when the pressure starts to get around him. That's when he can sometimes hold the ball and it's just like he wants to run around a little bit. But, he, I mean, he doesn't do that often. But that's kind of like more like the playmaker in him where he wants to make something happen. Um, sometimes you know, he can get fooled. Um, like today, um, he was the run the team run drill um, where, you know, they, they, they sprinkle in some play action, but it's heavy run. Play action. Jameson Carter is cutting across the field and he tries to float it in and almost gets intercepted and that happened a couple of days before with Elijah Moore same exact concept same exact play play action trying to get him over he tries to float it over um and you know it, it mm-hmm. didn't it didn't um you know be completed there's times where um if he doesn't see it right away he's gonna he might hold it you know what I'm saying um or if the pressure's around him that's you know again as I mentioned like he's gonna he might hold it again um, cause there, like I know, it might have been Tuesday. He he had like a pickup with Vincent Smith, but it should have been a touchdown. You know, he he held it, um, tried to maneuver a little bit in the pocket, and then eventually threw it. And like Robert Sala mentioned it, he eventually threw it, and then like, but Vincent Smith was so open, like he was able to catch it. But like instead of Vincent Smith catching it and walking into the end zone, he had to catch it, dive and catch it because he had like two defenders like. Like they weren't there, and now they were bearing down on him, and he yeah. was trying to secure the catch versus trying to do too much. You know what I'm saying? But um, man, no, but like Jeff fans should be excited though. Like I'm really interested and excited to see what that looks like in in season. I'm really excited to see that. Um, How have the turnovers man. looked in uh in in practice? Because the biggest thing with Sam Darnold past three years was he had the arm talent and he can make all the throws, but his decision-making was just God awful. Um, What does that look like so far? Yeah. When, when, when Zach throws a pick or almost a pick, it's more him being, him being fooled versus where Sam, like I know, have you seen the clip a couple of days ago where like like Panthers practice where he, he he drops back, it's cover three, he's throwing the post and it hits his, the safety just the, he the right safety turned his hips at like and just like jumped it like I don't yeah that was like I so it gave Zach me PTSD I was like oh my god I've seen that so many times so Zach hasn't had many moments like that um uh, it's more like he's fooled and they're just able to make a play so it's been more of that than than, okay. than anything um so but like you know the seven on seven like one time he rolled out. And he threw a lollipop into the, the end zone and bless picked it off. But 
for the most part, he he's been he's been really good with that. Um, I will say, I know people compare how he looked his rookie year in training camp to Sam Darnold. I don't think that's fair. Reasons why. Sam wasn't like the, he wasn't running with the ones. Obviously, he wasn't like the starter yet. You had Josh McCown, you had Teddy until Teddy was traded to New Orleans, and he's going against a more talented defense, and their scheme is a little bit more confusing. Robert's scheme isn't as confusing, isn't as comple- complex. It's still effective, but it isn't as complex. Um, Todd Bowles so compared to yeah. Right, 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 right. And, you know, Todd Bowles' defense had – let me just double-check. Let me just double-check. Let me double-check. Uh, but they, they, they had more overall talent, right? Yeah, Jamal Adams, Adams right? yeah, Jamal, Ad- they had Jamal yeah, Adams, yeah, right, right. they had, that was the second year, um, mm-hmm. they had Marcus May still, uh, I mean, listen, it's, <laughs> the Jets, their defense has been fine, I, I honestly think this is the most talented front seven they've had since 2008, yes. uh, 2010, um, yes. Uh, obviously, having C.J. Mosley back and Gerard Davis, is in this, from what you've said, is is, and from what other, you know, what I've been following, he he looks good um, from a yep. first round pick. But you know that 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 front that had Sean Ellis and Chris Jenkins and um, <clears throat> was just a really talented front. David Harris and Calvin Pace, yep. really talented. But I, <clears throat> I'm hoping, you know, we haven't had a real pass rusher since John Abraham. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that Carl Lawson can be that guy. Yeah, no, uh, Carl, Carl Lawson can be that guy. He can be that guy. You know, but secondary-wise, uh, I think the secondary was much more talented uh, when much more. when Darnold was a rookie than, than uh, Zach right. Wilson. Right, and Darnold was, you know, not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Darnold positive by any stretch. I think he stinks. However, um, Zach also had better weapons and a better offensive system around him too. So um, I, that's, that's something that I want to say is not fair. And that's when you come, some people like, oh, he looked way better as Darnold as a rookie within training camp. It's like, uh, well, yeah, they had Mo, for that. I'm, I'm like, looking back. Mo Claiborne. Uh, right, they right, had, right. you know, they had a lot of. They had. I mean, Mo was pretty good that year, and um, then he kind of fell off. But uh, yeah, that was definitely. A more talented secondary, uh, yeah, yeah, with, with 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 Jamal Adams and Marcus May and Claiborne there, and you know, off the bat. Exactly, exactly. You know, not not saying that because I wasn't there, so I can't speak directly to how Sam looked. But I'm just saying, like the, the comparisons, when you put context, is is kind of pointless. But yeah, yeah. But on the field, though, you know, just just playing wise, um, I think you know, there, there's plenty of reason to be. Jeff fans should be excited about Zach. To be honest, whoever they would have drafted at two, Jeff fans should have been excited about. They could have drafted Mac Jones. Granted, that would have been that smart, but I would have been. I would have been livid. But like, (laughs) understandable. But you know, Jeff fans have a right to be excited about what's going on with the team, with um, with the quarterback, with the defense, with the offensive line, everything. Because one, you know. There's, you you gain nothing out of going into the season being doom and gloom, unless it's like last year. But you gain nothing out of that for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember, like oh, when the Dolphins in 2019, 
when I knew they were going to be terrible, like, I didn't watch any of their games. For what? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, I have the podcast right, you know and everything. I, 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 like, I, I don't say I cover the team, but, you know, I have the podcast. I, I blog about the team. Um, right. I do it as much as I can. I, was, I, I had a full-time job covering, you know, college football teams, so I couldn't, you know, put all the effort I wanted to into this. But, right, you know, right, 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 I do this because right. I love the Jets, and I like, I like, I like doing this. And, uh, yes. I, I I subject myself yeah. to this, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, like, like last year for me as a Dolphins fan was really, like outside of week 17, was really fun. <laughs> it was really fun to, even if they say they would have finished like eight and eight or like seven and nine. Like I would have been like, that was like, that was fun because there was excitement. Defense yeah, was good. you're in the race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. you're in the you know hunt. You know, yeah. like, right. You, you, you got a rookie quarterback. Who's having you go going to roller coasters of the highs of when he played against Arizona and, and uh, uh, the second half against the Chiefs and you have the lows against the Raiders where he looks like he looks like garbage and the the Bills game when it, when it all comes apart for on both sides. I mean, it was just like when I look back, that was that was a lot. That was probably like the most fun as a fan I had since like Ronnie Brown 2016. No, no, I don't <laughs> know, 2016, 2016 for sure. <laughs> 2016, you know what I'm saying? Because that's when they're in the playoff run. Um, and, like, there was hope and optimism and, like, well, there was a direction. And that's what it looks like what's going on with the Jets right now. There's hope, there's direction, there's optimism. Yeah, I was, was going to say, because, so. you know, we've been through it with Sam Darnold and Mark Sanchez. So just give, give a couple more questions. But, you know, why is this time going to be different? Why, or should, why should Jets fans be excited or should they be worried? Because it doesn't sound like they should be worried from what you're saying. No, they shouldn't be worried. I can't tell you it's going to be different because I don't know if it's going to be different. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, like, it comes down to what happens on the field. Like, yeah. everything feels good and sounds good right now. But, you know, once the games get started, because right now we love, we love what Solid talks about, we love what Solid brings. But if it's year three, and he can go six and ten, he might be out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so everything that he did, all the good way he built up won't matter in a couple mm-hmm. of years. You know what I'm saying? So um I mean, believe it or not, at one That's point it. people loved Adam Gase. Oh, that, <laughs> this is a perfect no, this is you don't know, but this is a perfect transition because that's exactly what my last question was gonna be about. You know, Coach Salas seems to have brought a completely different vibe to one Jets drive, but you know, you're very familiar with Adam Gase as a Dolphins fan. Uh, yeah, so no. you understand our pain very well. What has impressed very you with well. Coach Sala and his staff so far? Um, I just think that everything there, there's a plan and they're sticking to the plan. They're not, you know. I remember reading reports when Adam Gates handed over the offensive, the play calling to I think <laughs> or Dowley or something like that. Dowell, uh, yeah. yes, and then like. Before we knew it, Adam was calling plays again within the same. Yeah, he's like, you know blame me. He's like, nah, he's like, nah, that's not true. What I said before was not right. Was not what was really happening. Yeah. I've been calling plays the whole time. Like, exactly. like he thinks we're like we're idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Robert Sala, for the most part, like if there's a plan. They're trying to stick to it. Prime example: cornerback. We want to develop them. We don't want to bring in a veteran guy. I know people within the Jets probably would have preferred bringing a veteran guy, but they were like, "Not." Nah. Arthur's like, "No, nah, we're not gonna bring in a veteran guy. We're gonna coach these guys up. We're gonna do our job, which is coach these guys up and develop them." And that's what they did. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what they did. Um, they developed them. They got them. They, they're getting them right. I said, "Develop them like past tense." My bad. They're developing them. <laughs> 
um, trying to get them right, um, things of that nature. So, I mean, he could have easily brought in Steven Nelson, you know what I'm saying? I know there was, there was interest uh, on, on both ends, but never enough to pull the trigger. Um, and, yeah, like, that, that's sticking to the plan. Robert said that um, when we spoke at the end of minicap and we came back into training camp, same situation. Um, so that, that's what it seems. It seems as a plan, right? Um, talking to some other people in the, in, the, in the building, they when they dropped this act, it was to get weapons. Granted, they didn't get any cornerbacks, but they were just like, let's get this guy. Let's, let's do what we didn't do for Sam. <laughs> so then that's what they're like. Let, 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 let's, let's, get, let's get a skill player. Because it was funny. One of them told me one time was just like, because imagine, if, let, 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 let's say we would have got uh, Zach and they like went like defense the next two picks and then went offensive skill. Then people would have been like, oh, well, why are you not getting weapons for Zach? It's like, you know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. So it seemed like they got a plan. The plan this year was to go get Zach the pieces that he needed. And then next year, they lose enough, they might be able to get the kid from LSU. <laughs> That'd be Ooh, nice. Really? I mean, that really? would be nice if we were able to get him, but uh, I, I'd rather win football. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think <laughs> gonna be bad enough to get him. I don't think I'm gonna be bad enough to get him. I think I think unless, but you know what happened this year with the quarterbacks get you know pushed up, like which they always do. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't I don't envision y'all being bad enough. I mean, I got y'all winning six games, so we'll see where, yeah. where that where that falls. That that's what I'm thinking. Six or seven games. It's a they, there's the extra game now. So seven now that seven's the new six, you know. So yeah, okay. I, I I do. Like, I've written and I've said that the first game against the Panthers is meaningless, which is still in the big picture is. But even like not even about the Sam Darnold component. If you look at their schedule, if they lose that game, they could be staring at possibly going to start on five. Because you go Panthers, Patriots, Patriots, at Broncos, then you go, I believe, Titans, then Falcons in London. So we could be staring at, you know, 0-5, but they could end up being 2-3 and because I could see them possibly pulling out that Falcons game because I don't think the Falcons defense is going to be good. But then again, they're not going to really stop their offense. Right, you know and saying? maybe they beat um, the, maybe they beat the Panthers and the Broncos. I mean, listen, right. we this yeah, is exactly, a exactly. there's a, there's a whole lot that we just don't really know with this team because of yeah, all the right, new components. Right, right. So you know what, I'm looking right. forward to it. But DJ, that's all the time we got. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, if you want to plug plug yourself, you can do so now. Let them know where you're at. You know, I'm at New York Daily News, uh, Twitter handle, DJ Um, You know, you put DJ, then put B-I-E-N, you should be able to find me. I'm, <laughs> right, I'm the only BNMA on Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, same on Instagram, DJ underscore BNMA underscore N-Y-B-N. Appreciate you having me on, Jesse. This was a lot of fun. DJ, thanks so much. I really appreciate it.